The text for this morning's worship service is taken from John 1, verse 5. Let's read that once again. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, at this time of the year, the daylight is shorter than at any other time of the year. It is still dark when we get up, and it gets quickly dark again already in the late afternoon. Two-thirds of each day is spent in darkness. Yet the darkness does not really bother us that much. For in this day and age, we have an abundance of artificial light. For us, there is not really that much difference between day and night. As soon as the darkness descends, we can turn on the light in our homes and do our work unhindered. We can also go about on the streets without fear of what the darkness may bring. But that's not the way it was in the past. What we experience today is only something of the last hundred years or so. The difference between night and day to our ancestors was as great as the difference between summer and winter. Compared to today, the night was a completely different experience. It was really dark. The candle lights and the oil lamps did not do much to penetrate the night. At night, people were more edgy and were scared. For it was at night that a lot of things happened that would not happen during the daytime. Because the roads were few and poor and the terrain rough, accidents were much more frequent during the night than during the day. People would fall into ditches, ponds or rivers and even off bridges. They would also much more easily be thrown off horses when the horse was on a path that was unfamiliar to him. And that is why already at a young age people would memorize the territory around their home so that at night they would be able to find their way. At night the riffraff would also come out of the woodworks, robbers, drunkards and violent men would do their dark deeds at night. That's also the way it was during biblical times. We read in Job 24 verse 16, In the dark men break into houses, but by day they shut themselves in. They want nothing to do with the light. And now the Lord God uses our experiences with darkness to teach us about sin. Because of sin, this world has become a dark place. And when I say that, I do not just refer to all the darkness around us, to the world, but I'm also speaking about the darkness in our own hearts. We experience the darkness of sin in our own very lives. And therefore this morning it will be wonderful to hear about the light that penetrates the darkness and overcomes it. For this morning the text speaks about the light that shines in the darkness. The light that is spoken about here, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that light makes an enormous difference for those who seek that light. This world could not exist without that light. For life without light is impossible. Just look around you. 
Do you think that the crops would grow, for example? Light gives life. And that is why the scriptures uses the concept of light and life to describe what the Lord Jesus does. He gives light and life. He will light your path so that you will not stumble. But he will only give life and light to those who love that light. Those who want nothing to do with that light will remain in darkness. That's what Christmas is all about, beloved. It is about that light that has come into this dark world. Especially at this time of the year we see many bright lights all around us. Homes are illuminated on the outside and the inside with all kinds of different lights. To many people, those lights are what makes the Christmas season. However, these are artificial lights. After the holidays, these lights are extinguished and put in the cellar or thrown away with the garbage. There is, however, a light that always shines. It is not an artificial light. As we are about to celebrate Christmas, we must think about that light. When did it begin to shine? How does that light shine in our lives? What is the real significance of that light? This morning I will preach to you about the light that shines in the darkness. And then we will see three things. We will see that that light has always been there, that it must shine today, and that it will shine into eternity. When John says that the light shines in the darkness, he does not mean that this is some new light. It is not as if that light suddenly appears upon the scene. No, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with us, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through him all things were made. In the beginning. That refers to the time of creation. Already then, that light existed. It has existed from eternity. In other words, there was never a time that that light did not exist. And that is why John says in verse 4, In him was life. For he created life. And that is what makes the Son of God so unique. When he created, he created out of nothing. And he made everything just by speaking. He gave life to all things. He gave life to this earth. And he gave life to this whole universe. He gave life to you and to me. In him was the life. He is also the one who keeps life on earth going. Since the Son is together, together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one and only true God, He continues to sustain all creation. That means that man, whether or not he realizes it, cannot do anything without Him. Without Him, you cannot live. Without Him, there is no life. But He gives more than just physical life. He gives eternal life. And that is more important than physical life. Our physical life here on earth is only a means to an end. That physical life must be translated into eternal life. And he is the only one who can do that. He is the true God of life. And that's what makes him the light of this world. This world was plunged into darkness when man fell into sin. It became a place for the dead. 
The moment that Adam and Eve turned away from God by going against his word, they turned away from the light, from God. They plunged themselves into utter darkness. From that time forward, they did nothing but stumble around. They no longer could see the path on which they had to go. They were now only capable of following the prince of darkness, Satan. And if the Lord God had not had compassion on them, and therefore on all of mankind, then they would have remained always in that darkness. But what does the Lord God do? He comes with a most beautiful promise. He tells Adam and Eve that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent of Satan. In other words, that prince of darkness is going to be destroyed. He promised that already at that time. But Adam and Eve and also their offspring are told that they must be willing also to commit themselves to God who is their light. Many did not do that. They remained in darkness. They preferred the darkness to the light. Do you know why? That is because they did not want their sins to be exposed. They wanted to remain in their sins. They wanted to do whatever pleases them without regard for God and others. That made this world increasingly a dark place. This world became so dark that God had to destroy it with a flood. But he saved Noah and his family. The promise of the coming Messiah, that coming light, remained alive. But then the darkness descended again. Man became proud and arrogant. They built the power of Babel. But then God disperses them. He makes them walk in blindness. They are no longer able to understand each other. But he continues to preserve a people for himself. The light continues to shine. Things also looked pretty bleak and dark in Egypt when God's people were enslaved there. But then God delivers them from there. And things were dark at the time of the exile, but God sent a remnant back again. He delivers them as well. And that light continues to shine in this dark world. And so you see, God's light has always shone in this world. If you do not understand what that light is that John speaks about, then you cannot understand the Christmas story either. For the Christmas story does not begin with a manger in Bethlehem. No, it began in paradise when the Lord God made the promise of the coming Messiah. The prince of darkness tried everything in his power to prevent that light from shining here on this earth. But he was not able to do that. He could not extinguish that light. God kept the hope of the Messiah alive throughout the Old Testament period. Christ's presence was heralded by the patriarchs and the prophets. Christ's coming was proclaimed through the sacrifices in the temple and through the celebration of the Passover. That light was never extinguished, even when things seemed so dark here on this earth. Darkness wants to expel the light. It hates the light. That is because light and darkness are two opposing forces. And that is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14, What fellowship can light have with darkness? Paul makes clear here that where darkness exists, light cannot exist. 
You cannot have dark and light mixed together. It's impossible. It's either light or it is dark. There is nothing in between. And John makes that clear throughout his whole gospel. For light and the darkness are recurring themes in his gospel. He shows that the people either love the light or they love darkness. John says, for example, in chapter 3, in the verses 19 and 20, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Darkness conceals. Darkness blinds. I read somewhere that mules that were kept down in dark mines over time went blind. Satan, the god of this world, is in the business of keeping people blind to spiritual truths. It says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, The god of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Satan does everything in his power to keep people in darkness because darkness stands for death and hell whereas light stands for life and heaven. But that is why it is also so important to believe in Christ, brothers and sisters, boys and girls. For only those who believe in Christ becomes children of the light. That is what the Lord Jesus says in John 12, verse 35 and 36. He says, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. Put your trust in the light while you have it, so that you may become sons of light. We come to the second point. Become sons of light. Put your trust in the light. You would think that the people would love the light. No one wants to stumble around in darkness. However, often that is not the case. Most people want to stay in darkness. Isn't that true even in our own lives? Sometimes our hearts are dark places, and we want to keep them that way. We want to hang on to the grudges that we have against others. We want to hang on to the hurts that we feel. Our dark hearts are frequently places where jealousy and anger and greed and selfishness reside. And we don't want to let go of that darkness. We feed it with our dark thoughts. And we do not want the darkness to be exposed. The literal translation of John 1 verse 5 reads, And the light keeps on shining in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, or understood it as the NIV has it. The King James Version says that the darkness has not comprehended it. Those are possible translations. But the RSV says that the darkness has not overcome it. That is a better translation. The darkness has not overcome the light. It hasn't captured it. That is to say, it did not take possession of the light. The darkness did not take hold of it. Darkness wants to remain darkness. And that's true of us as well, as I said. We too would rather be part of this world of darkness. And we keep on being drawn to the darkness. 
we often act as children of darkness. We, like the people of this dark world, want to give in to the flesh. We do not want to keep God's commandments. We want to give in to our natural desires without regard for God. We pursue worldly things with vigor, and everything else becomes secondary. We want to make ourselves the center of the universe rather than God. We seek the honor and glory of man. We want credit for the things that we do. We want people to think favorably of us. And so we hide our sins. We make ourselves to be much better than we really are. There are many secret sins in our lives. We hide them, for we want to be known as children of the light. But the reality is that our lives are full of darkness. Light and darkness do not mix. You are either a child of the light or you are a child of darkness. And so what must you and I do? Well, time and again we have to turn to the light. You have to pray to God and say to him, Let your light shine, O Lord, in my life. Let it shine. Expose my sins. And I can do that, for I know that you will forgive For I do not want to live in my sins, O Lord. I do not want to live in darkness. For you have made me a child of the light. Help me to live as a child of the light. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians 5, verse 8 and following. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Thus far, Paul. When we celebrate Christmas, as we will do, the Lord willing, in a few days from now, and then we celebrate Christmas a lot like the world around us. We have our get-togethers with family and friends. We have our dinners, our drinks, our candlelights. Our houses are also decorated much like the world with Christmas lights and everything else. But there is one thing that we must realize in all this, and that is that we are children of the light. We belong to Christ. His true light is shining in our lives. And that is supposed to make us vastly different from the world around us. Claiming to be children of the light, we may not shun that light. And that also means that we are wise to the ways of Satan, the prince of darkness. For as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 4, Satan imitates the light. He pretends to be the light. And therefore we have to be discerning. We have to be aware of that prince of darkness who seeks to snuff out the light of Christ in us. He wants us to love the bright lights of this world. The reality is however that this world offers nothing but darkness. And so, do not allow Satan to fool you. 
And do not turn off the light of Christ in your homes. Put Christ in the center. Keep it there. Don't turn off that light as the world does with the Christmas lights when the Christmas season is over. Keep the light of Christ shining. Oh sure, sometimes life can seem so dark. Also in our lives, it is dark when we see and when we hear about the death of a young brother as we heard this morning. And there are some who walk in the darkness most of their lives because of sinful and horrible things that have happened to them and they go back to that darkness. And because of this they are perpetually depressed. Or it may be that something has happened to them in their childhood that has made them sad and they have a hard time forgetting it. Or they have to live in a situation at home that makes life very difficult. Or the darkness may be there because of certain sins that they just cannot break with. Do you know what God says then to you and to me? He says, turn to the light. Do that every moment of your life. Keep coming to that light. Don't be afraid of the darkness. Don't let the darkness overcome you. Let the light of Christ shine in your lives. Always. In Revelation 21 we read about the new Jerusalem. And we read there that the light of Christ is the only light in that city. The light of the sun or the moon will no longer be needed. And then it says that the nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. And that the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. How do you think that will happen? Do you think that that could happen if that light were not shining now already? Of course not. God's light must shine now. And he must dwell in your heart, in my heart. And when that is the case, do you know what you become then? Then you become a light bearer. For then you reflect the glory and the honor of God. Do you know why it says that the new Jerusalem, that in the new Jerusalem the glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it? Because all the nations from the four corners of the earth will have been evangelized. They will have been told about the light that came into the world about Christ. For you see, you cannot dwell in the light of Christ in the life hereafter if you do not dwell in the light here on earth. You do not have part of the light if that light does not shine in your life right now. In heaven, all the nations on earth will be represented. There will be children of the light in every nation here on earth. In this way, God will be able to gather his people from all over the world It doesn't matter what the color of their skin is or what their nationality is. God gathers his church from all over. And there is only one way in which that can be accomplished. That only can be accomplished if you and I, if we let our lights shine in this dark world. And so God gives you and me a great responsibility. We must let our lights shine in our homes, in the church, to outsiders. We must let our light shine also among the natives in this country and on the mission field. We must let it shine by keeping God's commandments, by being kind to others, by living in harmony with one another. Beloved congregation, the Lord God gives you and me a wonderful task. 
When the Lord Jesus Christ began his ministry, he said in the Sermon of the Mount, You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before man, that they may see your good deeds, and praise your Father in heaven. Matthew 5, verse 14 and 16. Let your light shine. It is only in this way that God's light will shine in the nation so that they can bring their glory into that new Jerusalem. You may not hide your light under a bushel, as the Lord Jesus says. We are about to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are about to celebrate the fact that that wonderful light came into the world. Why is it so important that that be proclaimed? Because God, because God wants to use us as instruments in this world to bring this world as we know it to its end. For we are looking forward to that new Jerusalem where there will be no more tears, where there will be no more sorrow, where there will be only light. We come to the third point. Revelation 21 tells us about that new Jerusalem. And that city is beautifully described there. It is absolutely perfect. Nothing is lacking there. Man will be completely happy there. No pain, no sorrow, no mourning or crying or death. All the old things, all the dark things have passed away. That is the beautiful picture that God paints for us. But do you know what the most beautiful thing is about that new Jerusalem? We read there that that will be the brightest place you could ever be in. There is no need for the moon or the sun to shine, for the glory of God gives its light, and the Lamb is its lamp. There is no darkness. There are not even any shadows. Everything is based on the bright light of Christ. And that is why it says in verse 27 that nothing impure will ever enter into it nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. The book of Revelation is talking about those who have not been purified by the blood of Christ. For we are all impure. But in order to enter that city, all your sins must be exposed and completely done away with forever and ever. And that sanctification process must take place already in this, pli- in this life. In other words, now already we must be holy, pure. We must ask for the forgiveness of our sins and humble ourselves before God. Please note that it says in verse 22 that John did not see a temple in that city. Isn't that odd? For in the old Jerusalem, the temple was the most important place. That is where God made his presence known. That is where he dwelt. But then please remember that the temple was done away with already at the time of the death of Christ. Then the curtain was torn in two to indicate that the temple would be no more. God who would now no longer dwell in a house made by man, but he would dwell in the hearts of man. It is in the hearts of men that his light would shine. And that is why we as New Testament people no longer go to the house of the Lord. And we should not pray that way either, as some people do. They pray about going to the house of the Lord. But to go to the house of the Lord is Old Testament language. And we do not want to go back to Old Testament times. For Christ has come. Do you know where God's house is now? 
You are God's house. You are His temple, His house. And God dwells in you. That is where His light shines. It shines in the hearts of those who accepted the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore now as New Testament people, we gather together as God's people, as His church, as those who belong to the Lord. In the New Jerusalem, Christ's light is present everywhere. And there is nothing hidden. In that New Jerusalem there are no secrets. You will have no secrets from one another. For that's not necessary. For then your thoughts and your heart and everything about you are pure. Everything may be known. Everything may be seen. There will be no more stumbling around in darkness. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, that is the time you and I are looking forward to. And so during this Christmas season, let the bright light of Christ shine in your hearts. Make that the focus of your Christmas celebrations. Don't continue to stumble around in the darkness. But that's dangerous. You get hurt. You could get killed. The darkness may overtake you. Allow God's light to guide you. Let him guide you to that new Jerusalem where you may bask in God's light forever. Amen.